0: Okay, so the world is so ordered um, and so designed in that way, actually that sort of pushes on what we'll be looking at next week as well. But that is a really yeah, a a reason um, for evidence and that is one of the classical arguments for God's existence is that the universe has this design about it, this order. It might seem hard to believe that that would come from something that was unordered and didn't have some sort of intelligence. Yep, good. Anything else? Okay, so we know the sort of phrase, nothing comes from nothing. You can't get something from nothing. So if we've got something here, how did that something come into being? There must have been something to bring that something into being. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good, okay. Anything else? That's two very good ones and, and touch on, on the classical arguments. I mean, like I said, we've got our own personal response and experiences we could talk about um, How can something so beautiful as this and, you know from mm. Yeah. It you know. See the chances are so yeah. seem so small. Yeah. Absolutely good. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's stop there for a moment. So this argument then, and I've given you my PowerPoint slide so that if you want to make notes as you go along, you can kind of follow or you can just take it away at the end. Okay, this particular argument is called the causation argument. Okay, it's about there being a cause of the universe. If you want the fancy term, if you're like, you know, you're into Greek words, and you want the fancy term, it's cosmological argument. Okay, so cosmological because... Obviously, the idea of the cosmos being the universe and um, logos meaning study of. So the study of the universe. It's cosmological argument. Um, basically, it's in its simplest form possible. It looks a little bit like this. Okay? So these are the premises of the argument. We've got everything that exists has a cause of its existence. Okay, we saw that with our scenarios, you know, things don't just happen. Everything has a cause. The universe exists. Yes, we agree. Yeah, good. Okay, everything that exists has a cause. The universe exists. The universe must have a cause of its existence. If the universe has a cause of its existence, then that cause is God. Therefore, The conclusion of our four premises is that God exists, okay? So in the simplest form, that is the causation argument. Everything has a cause um, that exists. The universe exists. The universe must have a cause. That cause is God, all right? Now, just for a moment, I want you to approach this with your atheist hat on, okay? All right? So I want you to think in the mindset of someone that doesn't believe in God, Okay, I want you to look at this argument, you know, thinking that you don't believe in God. What is the problem? What are some of the problems that we've got with this? Right? Talk about it in your groups. What, what is the difficulty? If your atheist friend came to you and you tried to sell them this, what would they say to you? Okay, off you go. Have a chat in your group. Okay. So, what are the difficulties then? Anybody like to throw it out, the problems with this? you can't, see it, you
1: can't believe it.
0: Okay. You're right. God's calling. <laughs> okay, so sorry, just repeat that again, Paul. If you can't see, you, know, you can say, you know, well, I can't see it.
1: I can't believe it. You know, we've got faith to believe it. You know, those who don't see it.
0: People still say, yeah, but I don't want, I want, I want evidence here. I want hard evidence in front of me. I still can't, you still can't prove to me that that is the case. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. People find it hard sometimes to put their trust and belief in something that they don't have physical evidence for that's right in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else that as problematic with this. Yep, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. So how how do we get to that conclusion um, that God must exist if you you know if you don't believe in God, um, then you have a problem with that conclusion that it was God that was the one that created the universe. Why God? You know, okay, you might agree that everything needs a cause. Okay, you might agree that the universe needs a cause. But why should that cause be God? Yeah. Anything else? Excellent. Okay. Alright. Let's just go with the basic, the idea that if everything has a cause, which we've just said everything that exists does have a cause, then, and then we conclude God is the cause of it all. But exactly what caused God? We've got a problem with this argument because it contradicts itself. Okay. Um, because that is a classic, Thing that you'll get back, you'll be, oh, well, what caused God? How did God get here? If you're telling me everything needs a cause, and God must be the cause, what caused God? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Anything else? So,
1: why God and not the other religion.
0: Uh, yeah, why God? Why not some alien monster from the planet Zog? I don't know where that came from, but do you know what I mean? Like, why not something else? Absolutely. You know, why this Christian understanding of, of a God? Yeah. Um, good. Anything else? That's a good good collection of stuff there. Okay. These are, um, I've just summarised all that you've been saying into probably, oh, that's just a picture, uh, into three different things, okay? But, um, and it, I think it's a little bit like this, okay? So the questions, I think the problems, does everything that exists need a cause? Okay, maybe that is the first thing that we could argue about. It said that everything that exists has to have a cause, but cause. But maybe we could question that. Does everything need a cause? Okay, and if we do want to say yes, everything does have to have a cause, then we have that classic problem, what caused God? So that could be a bit of an issue with that. Um, we could also have this one does the cause of the universe have to be the christian understanding of god okay and uh, finally why can there not be just an endless series of causes why can't it just keep going back and back why does it have to have a beginning why can't we have infinite causes go back infinite regress go, just go back and back and that caused that and that caused that and that caused that okay well, yes, that's what we would say. Um, so let's just have a little look then, um, uh, just at unpacking these three, I think, problems with that causation argument. Um, okay, and you can follow on your little sheet if you want to as well. So does everything that exists need a cause? What if they don't? Okay, everything we see around us does, but what if we say the universe actually doesn't need a cause? And somebody could say that to you. Someone could say it doesn't. It's always been here. It's eternal. And scientists used to put forward this theory. It was called the steady state theory. It was the idea that the universe was always here. It's eternal. Just in the same way we might argue that God is. They would argue that the universe uh, was. But... That theory doesn't really hold anymore. It's not credible. Now, whatever we think about the Big Bang, but science has sort of said now, the evidence suggests there was a beginning. So the Big Bang is really, really good evidence for us because it shows us, and science says itself, actually, the universe had a starting point. Okay, it hasn't just always been here. It's not eternal. It started. And so science would say it just was accident, random chance. Okay, It started with the Big Bang. But that's really, really important for us. And if you were talking to someone who didn't have a faith, you know, we are completely aligned with that. When the Big Bang theory first came out, um, scientists were really worried, scientists that weren't religious, were really worried that it was just going to back up religion way more. Because it fell in line with our belief that the universe had a starting point and that then it was created. And so actually, um, that's kind of where science lies today yeah the universe had a starting point so the big bang has lots of evidence for that okay we'll leave that there so we know the universe has a beginning and uh, this is where it gets a little bit more complicated the universe is what we call contingent all right and all contingent things need a cause all right whenever you look like we are contingent beings okay anything contingent comes into existence and goes out of existence. It could have existed or it could not have existed, basically. That's what a contingent thing is. And everything we see around us is contingent. One, one minute, not one minute, at one time it wasn't here and now it is. One time I wasn't here and now I am, okay? So I am dependent on lots of things for my existence. First of all, I was dependent on my parents, okay? Um, and they created me, all right? That was how I got here. Um, and now I'm dependent on water and food and all the things that help me stay alive. Yeah? Okay? So that is, I'm contingent, you're contingent, you know, the table, the chairs, they all are. Okay? And the universe is thought to be contingent, meaning that it depends on something else for its existence. And I think we can safely say that because science tells us that as well. But science says, yeah, it had a starting point, it had a beginning. Okay, Um, So thinking about that, this idea of contingency, um, I think this is just what I said really, that all contingent things are possible to be and not to be. That is, they could either exist or not. And all contingent things are dependent on something else for its existence. Okay. So carrying this thought on for a moment, does everything that exists need a cause still? okay. So if everything does have a cause... Right, so we say now, okay, the universe, no, it does need a cause because it's, it's contingent. Then what caused God? And that's quite a big question, I think, that people have. Um, if all beings were contingent and have come into being at a certain time, then at one time nothing would have existed. This is because there had been a time prior to the coming into existence of contingent beings. If everything is contingent, then that must mean there was a time in, in, in space, time in whatever, when there was absolutely nothing. Must have been a time when there was nothingness. And then we came into being. Okay? Um, so then we've got to think to ourselves all right, okay, if that's the case, how is God different to that? Because if we are all dependent on something for our existence, what about God? And so we call God a necessary being. Okay, So everything is contingent except for one thing. There must be one thing that isn't contingent. There must be one thing that didn't come into existence and isn't going to go out of existence, whatever that thing is. Because we know that everything has a cause. Everything contingent has a cause. So there must be one thing that isn't contingent, one thing that doesn't need a cause, and is actually a necessary being. Are you still with me? Good, excellent. Okay, (laughs) that's good. So, we end up then um, with God being placed as that necessary being, or let's just say at the moment, something being that necessary being. Okay, that's not dependent on anything else it's uncaused now St. Thomas Aquinas if you know anything about him he was um, a great philosopher and theologian that put forward arguments for God's existence and this was one of them Um, and so you can simply sort of say this some contingent beings exist if any contingent beings exist then there must be a necessary being a necessary being must exist therefore a necessary being does exist namely God okay So, the distinction then we draw is this in the universe, that God uh, is not contingent. Everything else is, but God isn't, okay? But the universe is contingent, yeah? And the existence of God is necessary. So, if we were thinking about the problem with our argument in the first place, when we had it up on the screen, if you look back and you say, you know, everything exists has a cause, um, the universe exists, it must have a cause, and the cause must be God. And we were like, well, that's a bit problematic. Well, we can change it now, can't we? Because we've armed now with a little bit more info and a little bit more evidence. And perhaps it would look better um, if it looked like this. So, everything that exists contingently has a cause for its existence. The universe exists contingently. Therefore, the universe has a cause of its existence. If the universe has a cause of its existence, then the cause must be a necessary being. God, therefore God, exists as a necessary being. Yeah? Does that help a little bit? Okay, just spend a moment chatting to the person next to you and either look at them and say, what on earth are you talking about? Or go, "Mm, yes, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Off you go. Okay. Right. Yeah. Questions? <laughs> any, go on. Anything, anybody want to say anything or throw out anything or any? Sure. Go for it. All of this. Yeah. Talk about is on time. Yep. Okay. Yep. What do you mean in the sense of? What? Yeah. do you think are you saying that, that is that just a point or is that a point against that yes. or just a point yeah no. good yeah yeah absolutely and I think um, <laughs> we could go into a whole another world here <laughs> about time and space but we won't um, this whole fourth dimension. But you're right. You see, God is outside of time. Therefore, we are bound with time. And we can't think. We, we can't really comprehend no time, can we? We can't get our little minds around that, of what that would be like. Um, but that's so important when you think about um, how God can be uh, omniscient and how God can be all-knowing. Um, because... That whole idea of God's omniscience, you could say, well, if God is all-knowing, then he's going to know what happens in my tomorrow. Therefore, can I do anything else but what God knows? Uh, So if God knows I'm going to have cornflakes for breakfast tomorrow, then can I do anything else other than have cornflakes? And then you think, well, we don't have free will then if I can't. so that's a whole other question there, just for you to, <laughs> but anyway, but all I'm saying is that's nothing to do with this, but all I'm saying is this, that that idea then is really helpful to think God's outside time, because what God sees in his all-knowingness and omniscience is from like a simultaneous moment, it's like looking down, seeing our whole life in one split moment, therefore we do have free will, because what he's seen is the choices we're going to make in the future, does that make sense? Anyway, that's not to do with the causation argument, but I think that's 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 good to think that God is outside of time. It helps us with questions like that about, you know, do I have free will? I think yes, we do have free will. Even God knows what we're going to do; it's because He's seen it, you know, all at one time, rather than determining the future in that way. Um, so yeah, God is is outside of time. Um, any anything else that you just want to say or question? I think why it's important is because this sort of thing go, is helpful that when people start saying to us about, or oh, well, you know, um, like I said, about these, these problems with the argument about does, does everything need a cause and, and what caused God, what, what we can say is, well, you know, everything that we have experience of and everything that we know has a beginning. It does. It just does. We look around we can see everything has a beginning. And now science itself has said, yes, the universe has a beginning. It has a cause. And therefore we have to see what that cause is. And the only really, well, there is other explanations, but the logical explanation could be that the cause is something that itself doesn't need a cause. And that thing that doesn't need a cause, well, it has to be special, it has to be something not like us. It has to be something that doesn 't come into existence and goes out again. It has to be something that 's eternal, necessary there all the time now you know doesn 't mean that 's God, but it 's got a good evidence to say that could be God. you know if you think about something that 's always been there and is eternal, um, scientists are trying to. Uh, you know, do more and say more and test more about things and matter that can spring into existence. But as of yet, we don't see that in our natural world. You know, I'm not walking along and seeing something just pop into existence in front of me. <laughs> I'd like that to happen sometimes, but it doesn't. Um, and so I think knowing that, knowing this, kind of just gives us that little bit more confidence to go, yeah, but there does probably have to be a starting point. And that starting point would have to be special. It'd have to be something that didn't need a cause. It'd have to be uncaused. And therefore, that could be God. Yeah? Okay. But there's still a problem, um, I guess. Uh, oh, I just added this in last minute. What did I put there? The response of, but who caused God? Oh yeah, just saying this guy here, Roy Jackson, said this. um, God exists outside the universe. God, to be God, is above and beyond causal laws. And therefore, it's plausible to claim that God is an uncaused causer. That's just backing up what I was saying just this moment. Okay? But there's still a problem with it. And um, the problem is, is Karen and Wendy, you were saying before, does the cause of the universe have to be the Christian understanding um, of God? So let's just, oh, sorry, let's have a little look at this. Um, well, I guess, no. I guess this argument can't, isn't that clever in that sense. Um, and it, the argument does not have to necessarily conclude that it's the Christian God that we um, believe in. But the aim of the argument really is to show that there must exist something, and this something could be God. Okay, so it does give us a sort of strong gap, ground, a firm foundation in that sense that it's, well, it does suggest something necessary, it does suggest something special. Okay, um, however, and I put a however, dot, 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 because I want you to think now again in your groups, okay, um, to think about the characteristics that a necessary being, so something that's not dependent on anything else for its existence, something that's uncaused, okay, what would the characteristics of a necessary being what would it have if it was going to create the universe? So if you think about a being that was going to create the universe, what characteristics would that being have? Okay, so in your groups, have a little think about that. What would the char- what would the attributes of a being that didn't need to be caused, that was uncaused, but caused the whole universe, what characteristics would that being have to have? Off you go. Okay, so let's just think for a moment then, characteristics or attributes of a necessary being. So we've, we've got this being that's going to create the universe, what kind of being would that have to be? Let's start over here, just give me something from your group.
1: You're basically that it's got to be very much like we already see God, so all-knowing and loving and
0: ordered and disciplined. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Before you steal them all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All resistance. Um it, a, a being would probably have to be, yeah, all-knowing. And, and if you're creating a universe, you'd expect a being to be like that. Um, a loving because of the good things that we see in the universe and breathing, wanting to bring life um, and and bring goodness. I suppose somebody could argue back at us and say, well, the world's pretty bad as well. Could be somebody bad. Um but we'll deal with that at a different time. Um, but yeah, okay. So those good things and design and order, good. This group, um, creative. Creative. The being would have to be creative. Yeah. Logical. Like logical. Absolutely. And all that jazz. A- <laughs> all that jazz. <laughs> yep. Oxygen and all that jazz. Um, yeah. Exactly. So now we've got a being. We've got a being that's designed and ordered. A being that's loving and, and all-knowing. We've now got a being that's yeah, logical and creative and Um, knowledgeable and knowing to give us all this and design us in this way. Yeah, good. You can also think, um, if he wants to be entertained, you could think. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This is it. And, and, and if you were coming and you've got to, we've got to think as well from coming from the standpoint of someone who doesn't know God, doesn't believe in God, can think a million one things about someone who wants to, um, to create. Yeah, absolutely. Um, over here. Have to be something with imagination. Yeah. Yep. the Yes. the Yep. The of... Look at us, slot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's quite good imagination, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have to be someone that's got a great imagination to think that, you know, you're going to create all of this. And yeah, absolutely. So that's solid, isn't yep. It? Yeah. It was a special mm-hmm. and then are so that's it. It fits in with that, that creativeness yeah. of God and that, Im- that imagination of this being. Uh, yeah, good. Okay, moving over here. Anything else? Yeah, you'd have to be pretty powerful to create the universe, wouldn't you? I would go as far to say all-powerful, maybe, um, to be able to do that. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do it, so you'd need a lot of power. Yeah, good. Anything else? Powerful, creative, creative, yep, good. Um, Yeah, and we could go on, and we could list, you know, you talked about omniscience and the all-knowing, all-powerful and omnipotent, we could talk about God's omnipresence and being everywhere and... Um, his omnibenevolence and his love and his care so why do I say that well because what we've done is we've say someone comes up to us and says well you know um, this God that you say caused the universe well you know what caused God well we can say well actually God doesn't need a cause okay because God is necessary it means he's always been there he's uncaused because contingent things need a cause the universe needs a cause so there must be something that doesn't need a cause so we've got a logical ground, a reasonable ground for God's existence there. Okay? It might not mean it leads to God, but it does give us a good footing. It does give us a good grounding to say, well, you know, it makes sense to say that there's something uncaused creating everything that is caused, to me anyway. That seems quite logical, yeah, wherever we go with that. And so if someone says, well, well you know, how, how do you know it's God in the way that we understand God? Well, If you think about it like we've just done, if something's going to be that powerful, if something's going to be uncaused and create the universe, then really they'd have to have some pretty good characteristics. They'd have to be pretty powerful. They'd have to be pretty all-knowing and etc. So it goes on like that, which then again just gives us more grounding, more kind of reason and evidence to say, well, actually, perhaps, yeah, perhaps it could be God like we think of God. Now, of course, it doesn't, that's not foolproof, but all we're doing here is arming ourselves with a little bit more reason and a little bit more logic to say it makes sense. You know, sometimes people would say it doesn't make sense to believe in God. Why would you believe in God in an age of science when we've got proof and scientific evidence to show the Big Bang? Even with all that, whatever you think about that, still, in my mind, believing in God is logical and it's reasonable. There's always going to be an element of faith, okay? Because Paul, as you said before, we can't actually come and show that like, we weren't there all those years ago. <laughs> but it does give us a good grounding, because science itself says, no, the universe had a starting point, and we can't get something from nothing, so there must have been something there. It would make sense that that something is uncaused. Therefore, it does back up our argument for God's existence. Okay. Okay. Um, And lastly, the the problem that I said could be with the argument is this one. Why can't there be an endless series of causes? And again, I just think, logically, it's harder to believe that something just keeps going back infinitely with causes. Don't you think? You just think that's hard. And the difference you can talk about with this is actual and potential infinites. All right? Don't lose me here. But basically it's really this. Everything in our world is actual. Actual infinites. And it's, you can't go back with actual infinites. You can't go back with, you know, if I say take a chair and you think about the way that that was caused and you, you don't go going back and back and back you've always got a starting point. We've got a starting point. Everything's got a starting point. But there's some things that are infinite and we call them potential infinites. Does anybody know what the potential infinite might be, that can keep going infinitely. God. Right, okay. With not thinking God, let's just scrap <laughs> spirituality for a moment, okay? Not God. Numbers. Yeah, numbers. Numbers is the only thing that can be a potential infinite, because numbers can go on forever. They're potentially infinite, both going forward and going back. All right, so numbers is the only thing. Emily's got a bit of advantage because she studied philosophy, but you know what? <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but everything else, actually, it, can't, it just doesn't make sense to have infinite regression, that the universe would have, that would have a cause 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 would have a cause and it never stops. That is harder to believe than you think there's a starting point. So I think you can kind of... Logically say, well, infinite regression would probably be, uh, probably wouldn't happen. You know, there has to be a starting point. And then finally, if you think of this, this is a question we started with. It's at the heart of this argument. Why is there something rather than nothing? Um, And it goes deeper. This question, of course, goes deeper than what we've just been looking at. Just turn to your group again. And why is this question a little bit deeper than what we've just been talking about, about the cause of the universe Just a little bit deeper. Just have a quick think. I might have worded that wrong. I don't know. Why is that question there? Just going a bit deeper than what we've just been saying about God causing the universe and how God caused the universe. It's really simple. So I think I might have just done that, worded that all wrong. Did it just go like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Anybody want to guess? And I might have not... You, you might be looking too deep into this.
1: We can't answer that because we are something.
0: Well, yeah. I'm going to try to, but... <laughs> I think it's just simply... Yeah. Is it because, obviously, if there was no God, there would be no there is something, it does bring us back to the initial argument of there is God, because there is something. Um, But also, that God and the personality of God is such that is the reason he has created, because he is a creative God, and has made something which is ultimately us. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think, simply put, it's this. It's not just a question of um, how is there something instead of nothing. The question is why is there something instead of nothing. And we've been looking at the how, in a sense, because we've been looking at God being the cause of the universe. How did the universe get here? God is the cause. And science always is able to answer and will always give a response to the how question. But we've got kind of an added bonus in that we've got an answer to the why question. And I think that's quite an important thing. It's quite an interesting thing. Because you could argue with someone, and I don't really like saying argue, you could discuss with someone about the cause of the universe, and you could be talking about God being the cause of the universe, and how that could be possible, and putting forward your ideas. And they could be telling you about... How God is not the cause of the universe, but science is the cause of the universe, and this and that. And you can be having a discussion, but as soon as you ask the why question, science can't answer that. Because science doesn't give us an answer as to why the universe is here. All it will answer is that it was, well, it was just random. It was an accident. It was random chance. It just happened. Whereas we answer the question by what Steve said, that it's a God who really wanted to have a relationship with us, wanted to create a world where we could enjoy and enjoy God and be in relationship because he's a relational God. So we have an answer to the why there's something here. Not just how it got here, but why it's here. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. You know, if, if you think about parents having children, um, we know how it happens. But the why question is because parents want to create a child that they can love and they can care for and they can be in relationship with. And God is like that with us, creating this world. So if you're ever talking to someone and, and you know, you're know you talking about the how the universe came into existence and what caused it and these things, the thing is is that a lot of people in life are asking this question about why. Why are we here? What is all this about? Is it really just random? Is it really just an accident? And that's what you've got to believe in if you don't believe in God. That this is just it and this has just happened and we just happen to be here and there's no purpose. And actually that can be quite scary to live in that way. Um, and so I think having that understanding that we're here for a purpose because God created us and wanted a relationship with us is also really part of this argument as well of how um, there could be a God. Okay, I'm going to um, finish in a moment and then we can just chat amongst ourselves. But finish with this. The caus- uh, causation argument doesn't definitely prove God in the way that we would understand God necessarily. But at the very least, it shows as good an explanation as any atheistic explanation. And that's what I think I really wanted us to see tonight. Is that we have a logical, reasonable grounding for our belief in God. Okay, that matches any other explanation. Right? It's not just a faith thing. It's not just an experience thing. Although I do understand that you have to probably have that to finally maybe trust in God. But there's more to it than just experience. It is as sound and as logical and reasonable as any other explanation. Actually, it could be argued that it makes more sense, especially like I've just been saying, when we are answering the why question as well as the how question. Um, And I'll end on this little quote here, which I haven't written down, so let's just have a look at this. By theologian Keith Ward. To say that such a very complex and well-ordered universe comes into being without any cause or reason is equivalent to throwing one's hands up in the air and just saying that anything at all might happen. That is hardly worth bothering to look for reasons at all, and that is the death of science. So what he's saying there is, you know... Back in the day, many philosophers, theologians, scientists would just say, you know what, the universe is just here, it's brute fact, that's it, it's just here. End of story. And what he's saying is that that in itself is just a ridiculous thing to say. Um, I'm going to finish with a little video clip. Mike, I was wondering if you could just um, pop that on. Now, once you watch this, you'll probably think to yourself, oh, I get it now, why has she been waffling for the last 45 minutes? But anyway, um, I'm going to put this little clip on and hope that it might clear up anything that i didn't make clear okay
1: does god exist or is the material universe all that is or ever was or ever will be One approach to answering this question is the cosmological argument. It goes like this, whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. Is the first premise true? Let's consider. Believing that something can pop into existence without a cause is more of a stretch than believing in magic. At least with magic you've got a hat and a magician. And if something can come into being from nothing, then why don't we see this happening all the time? No, everyday experience and scientific evidence confirm our first premise. If something begins to exist, it must have a cause. But what about our second premise? Did the universe begin, or has it always existed? Atheists have typically said that the universe has been here forever. The universe is just there, and that's all. First, let's consider the second law of thermodynamics. It tells us the universe is slowly running out of usable energy. And that's the point. If the universe had been here forever, it would have run out of usable energy by now. The second law points us to a universe that has a definite beginning. This is further confirmed by a series of remarkable scientific discoveries. In 1915 Albert Einstein presented his general theory of relativity. This allowed us for the first time to talk meaningfully about the past history of the universe. Next, Alexander Friedman and George Lemaitre, each working with Einstein's equations, predicted that the universe is expanding. Then in 1929, Edwin Hubble measured the red shift in light from distant galaxies. This empirical evidence confirmed not only that the universe is expanding, but that it sprang into being from a single point in the finite past. It was a monumental discovery, almost beyond comprehension. However, not everyone is fond of a finite universe, so it wasn't long before alternative models popped into existence. But one by one, these models failed to stand the test of time. More recently, three leading cosmologists, Arvind Bord, Alan Guth, and Alexander Vilenkin, prove that any universe which has on average been expanding throughout its history cannot be eternal in the past, but must have an absolute beginning. This even applies to the multiverse, if there is such a thing. This means that scientists can no longer hide behind a past eternal universe. There is no escape they have to face the problem of a cosmic beginning. Any adequate model must have a beginning, just like the standard model. It's quite plausible then, that both premises of the argument are true. This means that the conclusion is also true. The universe has a cause. And since the universe can't cause itself, its cause must be beyond the space-time universe. It must be spaceless, Timeless, immaterial, uncaused, and unimaginably powerful, much like God. The cosmological argument shows that, in fact, it is quite reasonable to believe that God does exist.
0: Okay. Does that help sum it up a little bit? No, you're all looking at me, <laughs> blank faced. Okay, so that's it. That's the causation argument, the cosmological argument in a nutshell. And I think, like I said, what it, it what it doesn't do is it doesn't ever going to be definitely this is the proof of God. But what it does do is it gives us sort of reasonable, logical grounding for our belief that God is the cause of the universe and I think that's so important it's important when we're speaking to people to have that, not that we would bombard them with all that but that we have it Um, and it's important for us too in our our faith in our belief as well okay questions why don't you just have a little quick chat in your groups again, see if anything has arisen from what you've just heard and then you might formulate a question that you want to just Throw out. Okay, has anybody got anything? Yeah. Does anybody feel more confused going out <laughs> as when they came in? <laughs> <laughs> that could <not very> well. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a big question, Richard. Um, <laughs> Which, that might have to be another another night, but yeah, um, it, it is a big philosophical thing about the omniscience of God and his all-knowingness. Um, that's what I was saying before, yeah. Does he know our decisions tomorrow? I think he does, but it doesn't mean he dictates those decisions. I think it means that he, just in his all-knowingness, knows what choices we'll make. Yeah. He knows that even if, he, if it's a whole decision, we'll make it. Yep. Yeah, he knows that's gonna. He knows we're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be another evening we can talk about God's omniquality. <laughs> um, we don't. Yeah. Uh, but next week's um, argument for God's existence is a little much more straightforward because it's about the design of the universe, Liz, that you're talking about. But I think what what's interesting about next week's argument is because it's basically saying, you know, the universe is so well designed as a God. I think what the argument against that is, of course, evil and suffering in our world. And I think it'd be interesting for us to have a look at next week about the arguments against God being a great designer when there's so much evil and suffering in the world as well. Um, and so I'm just going to try and answer some of those things, some of those um, classic arguments that people say about evil and suffering. Um which I think is different to this argument. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Something to mull over. Um, something to think about. And hopefully, um, hopefully I haven't confused you more. Hopefully what I've done is just armed you with a little bit more confidence um, and equipping to say that our faith is a reasonable faith. It's not a faith that is just blind faith because we've experienced something. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. Okay.